1: He's going crazy about
0: something. Shocker!
2: Shocker!
1: I'm just waiting for Josh to be done swallowing.
3: <laughs> Couple more minutes,
1: and then get like an and then like a five second gap where I can come in. But he he swallowed and he went.
0: I tell you what, I'm I'm just going to say this right quick before we record. Or you can leave it in. I don't give a shit. I don't listen to this shit. I don't care. (laughs) I'm thinking about going to like a... uh, Honolulu got me this thing to like to where I can... Welcome to Very Unreasonable Things.
1: Oh, God. Fuck you, Josh. I hate you so much. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome to Very Unreasonable Things. This week, this episode is the first of our two, three, eight-year journey through the slasher movies. Premier
3: episode.
1: I mean, we got, what, 40-something movies to cover? You counted them. How many was it? Uh, 44, I think. Yeah, 44. Wrong! It's going to be 45.
3: Because in three years, when we get done, there's going to be two more movies come out?
1: No, because we are going to watch... A Friday the Thirteenth fan film.
0: Well, there's a couple already out there. There's three. Yep.
1: So there's we we will pick. We'll we'll do a vote, and we'll pick one. But it's what? Never hike alone.
3: And Jason never hike Rising. No.
1: Jason Rising, I think it was the new one. Mm-hmm.
0: And then so, never hike
1: in the snow. Well, there's like three or four of those in the Never Hike series. But yeah. The fan films seem to be a big thing in the Friday the, 13th, Friday the 13th franchise. I figured, what the hell? Let's watch one.
0: See they're pretty it's short. We could probably watch all 3 No, They're usually 45 minutes. I just watched Jason Rising, actually.
1: Ah, well, then there you go. So
3: you're I've on, seen Never High Alone, but i the one mm-hmm. I've seen.
0: So both of y'all are on board with this thing? Yeah, sure. I mean, they're fan films. I don't want to put them in the ranking though no no we we'll just
1: watch them and just oh, okay What compare else? see how they hold up as far as like the spirit of the franchise
3: yeah so
0: that's see. fair i think just from what i've seen i've seen two out of the three i think they fairly hold up well to the spirit it's not that hard so for friday the 13th
3: we could actually do an episode on the fan films Because, like you said, they're pretty short.
0: Well, we could. And it just,
1: we'd fit it in chronologically, wherever that, or maybe just put that at the end.
3: Yeah, that could be a special episode.
1: Indeed. So, what are we talking about today?
3: Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: Yeah, I think, I think this is your, I think. You know, I don't want to be telling tales outside of school, but I think when we finish with this this massive endeavor journey, um, I think there's a good chance that this might be your number one bone. So why don't you just why don't you just wax poetic about this movie?
1: What happened was true. The most bizarre
2: and brutal series of crimes in America. This is the movie. That is just as real, just as close, just as terrifying as being there. Even
1: if one of them survives, what will be left? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out, what,
3: 1974? 74. Directed by Toby Hooper. Hooper
1: stars a bunch of relatively unknown actors, right? Marilyn Burns, Paul A. Partain, Edwin Neal, Jim Seldon, Gunnar Hansen was made on a budget between eighty to 140000 and pulled in a reported box office of $30.9 million. So not bad for a movie that costs fucking peanuts to make. Huh? Very true. And I'm really glad
3: that you read that information because over here, I put million I didn't even think about it. It was just because usually movies, you know, cost, you know, 1.2 million, 180.2 million. Yeah.
1: But, uh, no, it was, I didn't um,
3: embarrassed myself. <laughs> was,
1: I was reading about it a little bit today before we started recording too. And just reading about some of the cameras they filmed with. It was like, apparently like the cameras they filmed with weren't just like super touch not top notch either. And God, I can't remember. Was it? The brightness was too much for him. I can't, I I cannot fucking remember.
0: But yeah, I watch, yeah, I watched, yeah, I watched something with Daniel Pearl. That. I know. Um,
1: huh? Go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, okay. I was just saying I watched something with Daniel Pearl, the cinematographer, uh, talking about the the. I don't know how long they shot for. Maybe three weeks and. Um, yeah, you know, this is the granddaddy of them all. And it's super low budget and a hell of a, a shoot. Looks know. really good, except there's
1: one thing I'm not too fond of. And that's uh, just the way the grandfather's face looks. That looks pretty fake. And I don't know if yeah. he's supposed to be wearing a mask or if that's, he's actually just supposed to. Because, you know, we're watching in HD, so.
2: You imagine yeah. back in the day yeah. on a
1: standard definition television you might not be able to tell as much. So I'm not sure if he's supposed to have like a mask on like Leatherface or if that's just supposed to look like he's an old man.
0: He's just supposed to look like yeah. he's an old man. The guy who did the makeup work on uh granddad was a plastic surgeon who had never damn. done that before. Yeah. He was like, Yeah, I can reason. I can do this and you know, he didn't continue his uh, yeah, career in Hollywood. If
1: you're, Aren't plastic surgeons usually trying to make people look younger?
0: Yeah, it was like the reverse. Yeah. The reverse, yeah. So what would make him think he could do that? I don't know. This whole movie is is running gun and it's it's super low budget. I think it's just another
1: I also I'd read too that you know the actors were promised percentages of the revenue, right? But at one point, you know, because the movie was going over budget another company and the name escapes me ended up getting 50% of ownership of the movie. Yeah. And so when that happened, that cut the actor's percentages basically in half. So what they were told they were getting, they got half of that and nobody told them. Oh, damn. Yeah.
0: That would have been a, a hell of a residual check for them. Yeah. Oh yeah. This movie has lived on thirty-one
1: old. million. That's and speaking of, of, speaking of like, you know, the low budget too. And I'm sure you guys know this, but you know, for the sake of conversation, you know, so, some of the scenes with the knives, you know, it's real. Like when they feed the blood to, to the grandpa towards the end of the movie, they actually cut, uh,
0: Marilyn Burns's Marilyn Burns. Yeah. They cut her finger. It was it wasn't supposed to be wow. that. No, but oh, the, nope.
1: uh, the tube would, the blood wouldn't come out of the tube
0: properly. Nobody knew about it except for Hanson and Burns.
1: And I, thought maybe i'm wrong i don't know i thought i saw this in a documentary but i thought the scene in the van the guy cut his hand
0: i don't know i watched an interview with him today in the hitchhikers who we're we talking about daniel mm-hmm. he yeah he is a character he is a a self-diagnosed schizophrenic
3: jesus i mean he he
0: is all over the place that's crazy but but he he you know if you if you check out his um filmography like he continued to work most of these people didn't Gunnar Hansen you know he he left Hollywood after this and didn't come back I think Wes Craven had offered him a role in The Hills of Oz and he turned it down because he just wanted to be a writer he came back for Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers or something in 88 but well you
1: got to come back for classics
3: yep
0: yep of course
3: I mean that one movie only comes up once in a lifetime that's right
1: so just out of curiosity, how many notes did y'all take?
3: I took a few no. pages, but I've seen it no. a lot in the past. You know, I've seen it half a dozen times. So a lot of it is kind of fresh, but I did take a few
1: things down. I didn't take a lot of notes. You know, you know sometimes you just got to let the movie take you on a journey. You know? and it, it wanted to take me on that journey. And I was like, who am I to interrupt this beautiful ride?
0: Well, there's a certain point in the movie. If anybody's seen it, then you sort of do stop taking notes. You just kind of have to. And but before that, all my notes, you know, outside of like when Franklin pisses in the coffee container and then he rolls down the hill (laughs) instead of Franklin, like throwing it to the side, he throws it over his head. So. this (laughs) this <laughs> yeah. fucking idiot is covered in piss but outside of that man a lot of my notes are complimenting this movie because yeah. um, you know I, I held this movie in great esteem before watching it this time but watching it now it's like this movie set the stage you know for everything to come afterwards And I, and here's an interesting thing that I was going to Bring up later. There's another movie that gets credited with starting the slasher genre, and you know, of course, you know you you have your Italian giallo movies um, that have been going on for a while, but the American slasher. This same movie came out this same day as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Black is Christmas. Black Christmas same day. That's insane. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Like, and Black Christmas gets credited more than this movie. I don't well, know why.
1: Well, I think. I don't
3: think I've ever seen Black Christmas.
1: I, I, there's a part of me, like when I watched the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, I don't necessarily think it's a slasher. Yeah, um, the the remake definitely it's it's designed to be that way the the second sequel well, takes the chainsaw massacre 3 you know it's it's designed to be that way but the first one like somebody described it i think it was it might have been a documentary i watched in a movie one time but it was almost like watching a snuff film
0: right oh that's and it that's exactly what super, i thought it's this.
1: super low budget mm-hmm. yeah it looks fucking real and mm-hmm. you know a lot of that's going to have to do with because of the fact that it was so low budget like it looks fucking hot but then you mm-hmm. read, like, the AC in the house didn't work. There wasn't air going on. That van probably didn't fucking have air. Like, everybody looks miserable. No, it, you can the, smell what, this movie. Yeah, the way it's shot, <laughs> that the fucking house, when you get to it, that the, the family lives in, it's not clean. It looks like a bunch of deranged people live there. Like, it's yeah. f- fucking dirty. And a lot of times things are, especially in newer movies, right? Things are too slick. This movie's not slick. I mean, this movie's fucking gritty and grimy and you know just mm, is the closest thing I guess you could to have watching a snuff film mm-hmm.
3: yes yeah, definitely definitely got that feel to it because like you say it's a uh, extremely low budget Josh you had said something about the cameras earlier um, but yeah you can tell so much like some of them look like the handheld camera from their time like they definitely had a couple of good like better cameras and that's what they did most of their shit on but some of the shit looked like just regular handheld, you know? But, um, but yeah, so you could definitely tell it was super, super low budget.
1: And it's not overproduced because you even see that with like, there's low, yeah, there's low budget and there's low budget. And this is a well-made low budget movie or extremely well-made low budget movie. But then you have other low budget movies that, aren't well made. And it's just like, I don't know. They tried to do too much. It's not that they didn't have the money to do things. It's just that they fall into the same trappings as big budget movies. Where it's we got to be slick. We got to be this, this has got to happen. Things like that. Like when you watch yeah. this movie, you don't have like those types of tropes, right? There's, there's not false jump scares. Like yeah. there's one jump scare I think one jump scare. I didn't really count them when it stood out to me, but it's when Franklin dies and he's like, stop. I think I heard something. And then Leatherface immediately fucking kills him. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, there's a cat off in the bushes. Oh, <laughs> you got me.
0: Shit. Well, yeah. Well, I think, I think when, um, there's no misdirection. Kirk I think when Kirk does, it's sort of a jump scare. Cause I think it, got well, yeah, to that one, that I one too. Expecting it.
1: Yeah. But it's still not misdirection. Right. Like, a lot of movies want to do that misdirection where it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I heard something in the closet. Oh, there's nothing in the closet. And then the person's magically behind them. Like, it's like, I heard something over there. Oh, shit. There's a dude with a hammer and he just fucking hit me in my head.
0: Now, Hooper was what, what there's a lot of things that make this movie work and a lot of the performances and a lot of people behind the scenes. But Hooper showed massive restraint, like you were talking about, like this movie isn't even 90 minutes. I mean, yeah, it's in and out, and it's and it, everything is so low key, and it
1: yeah
0: yeah.
3: Well, and I think seems like they, could, they could have filmed it in four days. It seems like,
1: mm. and I think you know, I know other people have said it, and we'll say it again. But like at the very beginning of the movie, having John Larroquette do the voiceover, how great then was that? Even after that, because yeah. that sets the stage, and it, it makes you think. Like and this is technically. This is something that could really happen, right? This isn't some dude coming back from the grave. This isn't a, a dream monster you know, killing you in your sleep. Like, I'm sure we've all driven by a house in our life and looked at it and be like, man, I bet some fucking weirdos live there. Probably eating yeah. people. Like, It's something that could happen, right? But then you get the voiceover from Larry Kett that sets the stage, kind of gives you that true story feeling. But then even after that, you have the news playing on the yeah. radio that mm. continues on and just adds to it, you know, and it and just goes into in. the grave robbing. Yeah. Yeah. Good. The grave robbing, but then it just goes on to other things that happened. And Then you get that, uh, fucking background noise going that, uh, we talked about in our previous episode. The light bulb. Yeah. The flashes and you get those camera shots of the grave being robbed or not being realize, robbed, but
0: set up. I didn't realize that the many times I've seen this movie, which maybe not has been many, maybe the same amount as Daniel, the flash bulbs is the hitchhiker. That's,
3: yeah, wait, no, I was thinking rear window. Never mind.
0: Because he take he takes the pictures, and uh, yeah, It's like he took the
1: picture of Franklin later on. Yeah, he's but, like, "I no, paid me." Yeah,
0: yeah, two dollars. God, <laughs> nineteen seventy four. I guess that was like twenty dollars, probably six
3: six fucking like eight <laughs> gallons of gas. No, yeah.
1: care, people didn't care about Polaroid cameras like that back then. Now it's a nostalgic thing, so you got to overpay for the shit.
0: But. I just want to talk about this opening scene. Everybody knows it. Larry Kett was paid a joint. We can just skim over that. Everybody knows the lure of Larry Kett doing the voiceover, but it did write in my notes because it gets me every time like the voiceover, how this movie starts the voiceover. And has you know, I've, I wrote down has any horror movie opened with this type of dread without showing absolutely nothing. Like there was just something about Larroquette's inflection of his voice. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get like, Oh my God, this is, that's a good point. It really sets, that,
3: sets you up. And then, then like mm-hmm. you were saying, it plays very well with the news uh, footage afterwards. They did set it up very, very well.
0: And, and then those had to be real decomposing bodies. That shit looked gross.
1: Yeah, it did. And then after that, though, kind of, it back on what y'all, what y'all are saying about Kit setting it up and then it continuing on and setting the stage. It never lets up after that. There's never like a sense of hope
3: in the movie. No, no it really doesn't. Like
1: even, even when, um, Sally gets away at the end of the movie, she's fucked up. Her no, life she's... will, will never be the same. No, yeah. that's what you, ex- you know, we've talked about this before in other movies, but like they don't show mental trauma. You know, somebody survives and it's all, <laughs> Hey, um, yeah, I'm good to, to go. After. We'll not Sally. In Sally's in the back of that truck fucking freaking out at the end of the movie. She yeah. is done for.
0: Like, no, she's, she's laughing maniacally.
1: Yeah. yeah. She's not going to have a life worth living after that. You know, it's, and it's the whole movie. Like some movies have like jump scares and, and things like that. And they're like, Oh, it's so scary. You know, like I watched it. I didn't dislike it. I, it's not, one of my favorite movies, but like Paranormal Activity, right? Paranormal Activity is jump scares. Yeah. That's all the movie is. And then people are like, oh, it's the scariest movie. No, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is scary. Because you see the effects. And there's, like I said, there's no glimmer of hope. Then you yeah. just see the one person that does get away, she didn't really survive.
0: Because she's fucked up.
3: Yeah. She doesn't have years of therapy ahead of her.
0: And, you know, you talk about, like, this movie doesn't let up. Hell, even, even before the wheels really get in motion, even when they go to the graveyard, man, this isn't a good look for Texas, I'll just be honest. <laughs> yeah, Like, they really have just right. the drunk guy on the ground. I know, right? And it's just weird. It's like, why is that there? And it just, I don't know. It made me
1: think of the Doomsayer at the beginning of, beginning of friday the 13th yeah yeah like don't well, go back to camp blood that's what he kind of reminded me of but obviously this was before and this dude didn't you know he's just fucking like on the ground like ugh.
0: well you're talking about crazy ralph yeah like yeah i'll i'll go bicycling with crazy ralph like i don't want to go near this drunk <laughs> fuck on the ground i
1: know I w- yeah i was just saying it just it seems like a predecessor and it's like and that's yeah. a good thing to borrow from because yeah that, when they go to get gas, even the fucking gas station, it's just like, you can't get gas. It all plays into the movie. The fucking hitchhiker, who we learn later on, is part of the family. But, like, nothing in the movie is fucking sunshine.
3: Nope. The only time that they were trying to, there was a glimmer of hope is whenever the gas station guy was like, no, you don't want to go there. He was like, And they kept trying to convince them to stay there. You know, he was like, Y'all don't want to go over there. Don't mess with those people. Blah, blah, blah. Yada, yada. Wait because the gas was coming later that night. So he was trying to get him to wait there. Other than that,
1: or was he trying to get him fucking chopped up there?
3: Well, was that one of the guys?
1: Yeah. That was the guy. Yeah. Because she comes back to the store later in the movie and he beats her with a broom.
3: That's the, that's the, okay. Yeah, that's right. No. And then you got the hitchhiker. Yeah, my bad.
0: This movie's so depressing. It's
3: weird. It is weird that they that he tried to sh- keep him away from the house. though. because he did at the beginning. You thought that he was there to help.
0: Even the watering hole is dried up. Like they can't even fucking swim. Oh yeah,
3: yeah.
1: But
2: right. you
1: you know one fucking and obviously in 1974 it probably wasn't a, um, a cliched thing. But it is now. When you watch these. When you watch a movie like this and they go to the gas station and somebody washes their window, inevitably the water's dirty and whatever. And you're like, oh, man, they're they're about to get it. They're in a bad part. At least the water was clean. When the guy washed the window, did you, did they you avoided notice that fucking
0: cliche. Did you notice this guy? It's so funny because uh, um, the dad, the not the patriarch because that would be granddad, but... You know the owner of the gas station. Yeah. yeah. Every time he would he would go up to the van and talk to him. The guy with the bucket, who looked like he was kind of special needs, would follow him and start washing the windows. As soon as the dad the guy would stop talking and walk back to the gas station, he would stop washing the windows and bring his bucket. And then he would go back to the van, (laughs) and the guy would follow back with the bucket. It did it like three times. It's hilarious. It's I didn't even notice that. So funny. Yeah. Like the only moment of levity in the movie is watching that guy. Cause that's that's it, because you're about to get just an hour of I don't know, and this movie isn't even gory outside of no. like the real pictures of decomposing bodies. It's not well, even yeah. bloody.
1: The movie does take about what? 20, 25 minutes to set up characters and you couldn't see me do air quotes. But, I mean, really what it does is it just sets up the fact that you hate Franklin.
2: Well, it sets up so frank- yeah. like, Franklin.
1: Yeah. Um, Franklin, like Sally doesn't even have that much interaction because you have Kirk probably has more of a presence than any of the other side characters besides Sally. Franklin has the most screen time as far as the people in the van. And then Kirk is the first to go. Yeah. We were talking about this before we started recording. Kirk was maybe the most likable. Yeah. You know, if if you're going to find a fault with the movie, maybe it's they didn't do enough to make you care about the characters. I don't think that was the point though. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah,
3: it was just pretty much picks to slaughter it seemed like. Well, I'm just
1: saying, but if you're if you're going to if you're going to nitpick, because the one character they spent the most time focusing on, you were just like I hope he gets it. And Franklin He's so insistent on going to his grandfather's house. Well, they're why? so
0: insistent on making sure that they're to go to the graveyard because yeah. the grave robbers. It's like, would you do that? I don't know. I mean,
1: what are they gonna? I, I guess I maybe know. they what just are to gonna make, do? I guess maybe they wanted to make sure that their
0: grandfather's body was still there, even if it wasn't. What are you gonna do? Uh, exactly an investigation.
1: But I just don't I don't understand why Franklin wanted to go to the house so much, especially if y'all knew the house was dilapidated. I mean, like, what are you gonna do?
3: Yeah, no, especially Franklin, because see Franklin, whenever they do get the house, he's kind of bitching because he can't really go upstairs or do yeah. anything. Yeah. So why did you want to come to this house anyway, Franklin?
1: You, yeah, because he was the main one. And I mean and Franklin
0: had been established as an invalid at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. I did not know I wrote that down. I did not know what that meant. I had to look that up. So I mean for
1: him to want to go somewhere where it requires a certain level of like dexterity to maneuver yeah. doesn't make sense. And then when he finally does will himself in there because he's having his woe is me moment, he runs right into the fucking wall.
0: Yeah. And he's like, ow, oh, that hurt. Which might have been an, a real thing that happened. Yeah, Now, I had, just kept it in. I had read that
1: the other actors in the movie actually did not like the actor that played Franklin. Because he stayed in character. So they were yeah, legitimately annoyed old. with him.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I'll say this. Um, I don't know when to put this in, like, talking about it. But um, I was eating a... Uh, we're all three carnivores. Just putting that out there. And I was eating, uh, like, a ham toasty watching this movie. And they showed the shot of the cows. And... I immediately put down my sandwiches, like I can't eat this. And Toby Hooper has came out and said this movie is about meat. Gilmore del Toro became a vegetarian for a while after watching this movie. I get it. I get. It. I didn't eat. Any, I didn't eat meat the rest of the day. And normally, you know, I'm a carnivore. I
3: I was curious. This movie screams about a ham sandwich because you saw a cow getting killed. Did I was say, no, that's <laughs> pork, right? <laughs>
0: Dude, it's uh and when and when fucking Franklin is just chewing that sausage and he gets keeps it in his mouth like oh, a fucking y- cigar. I know, right? It's like, a, so goddamn what kept, gross. That's
1: why I put that in my notes So is this a did you, cigar
3: or a sausage.
1: Did you catch like I guess parallel, maybe that's the word? Like when Franklin was describing how they killed the cow, oh. he's like hitting him in the head with a hammer. Yeah. Then you had to hit him again. And then he's like, but now they used the gun. You know, because it's more efficient, but then the other guys, then the hitchhiker's like, the old way's better. When Kirk gets killed, Leatherface hits him in the head with a hammer.
3: Yeah.
2: It's just like he you're hitting a hit cow,
1: and then he's fucking twitching on the ground, and he has to do it again. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's how they're trying to kill uh, the final girl as well. That yeah. Just have her over the bucket.
1: Yeah, but Grandfather yeah, could do it in one hit. He was uh-huh. the best. Yeah, he was the best yeah, before he, he best could best move his ever. fucking hand.
3: He couldn't move his anything,
1: and then that fucking hammer still hit her in the head one time.
3: Yeah, I know, right? Yeah.
0: You know, there's so many um, different takes on this movie. Um, like, because this film was set up as a true story, like Hooper said, like, this was a response to being lied to by the government about things that were going on all over the world Watergate, the oil crisis the massacres, massacres and atrocities in the Vietnam War and the lack of uh, sentimentality and the brutality of things. But then, you know, like I said, like you said, this is a movie about meat and you can read like people's almost uh, term paper-esque about how this is about consumption, um, how you can look at the Sawyers as Almost victims, because their whole family was based around the cattle industry, and then like they don't have any more jobs. You know, obviously, I think Leatherface worked at the slaughterhouse until they went with that new the new method, and how these people are displaced in America. Well, obviously, There's grandfather so worked there too. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was the best. Yeah.
1: Because they never explicitly said that he killed a bunch of people. They said that he would killed what? He was like the six, best at killing
0: cattle. That's always yeah. what I took it as. Yeah,
1: he killed like 60 cows in five minutes or some shit like that and he could have done more if they would have been able to hook the bovine and pull them out quicker. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. Another thing I really liked about the movie is, and we briefly touched upon it, you know, because it could be something that could happen, but is the fact the plot's not so outlandish that you just have to like suspend all kind of disbelief. Like you don't have to make a far leap to be like, this is something that can really happen. And I think that makes it scarier. Yeah.
3: Well,
0: like obviously I, this was based on Ed Gein.
1: Well, it wasn't, it wasn't just Ed Gein. There was another person. Um, I didn't take a note on it. Unfortunately. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm lazy, but yeah, it was Ed Gein. But then there was also, I guess a killer in Houston, in the Houston area that he had based it on yeah but i'm just saying like you watch we all agree we love nightmare on the street the first nightmare on Elm street and that first nightmare on Elm street is a scary movie but it also you have to there has to be some level of disbelief in something like that right you have to be like i have to accept the fact that this guy can kill me in my dreams you know some people are going to be like i don't believe in stuff like that so it doesn't scare me and okay cool it's kind of like the exorcist i believe in demons, so Exorcist is a good movie, but and I appreciate what it does and everything, but I'm just not terrified by it. Because I don't necessarily believe it could happen to me, but I could believe everything that happened in this movie. It creates that atmosphere, you know? And I like I like that. Like I said, it's the plot's not so far out there that you're like, this could never happen. This could be like, oh shit, this could happen.
3: Yeah, I like that about it, too. And um, back to when we were talking about it being low budget, I mean, that's the way you go. That's the way you do it. You find you a, a little spot, and uh, you just have—hold on, what the fuck is happening? What are you laughing at, Josh?
0: Uh, no, no, keep going, keep going. I'm a, uh, Yeah, keep going. I was, I'm going to say it after you said this.
3: Oh anyway but um
0: daniel just acknowledging
1: visual cues that nobody can see in audio format
3: hell i started looking around making sure that i was still recording or something because he just starts smiling out of nowhere and nothing i'm saying is funny for sure i'm thinking about
0: something in this movie that is funny actually no i mean it's 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 laugh out loud funny
3: all i was uh saying is that is the way to go that's the way to go whenever you're doing it low budget find you a little location that you can have a few little spots and build your movie around that. And yeah, it is very believable that you fuck uh, up and you go down the road <clears throat> to a random house to see about help of any kind directions, gas, anything. And this, I think it set up the template. Ass up, Huh? Yeah.
0: I think it set up the template for the slashers to come, you know, one location, two locations, yeah. you know, But uh, yeah, sorry, Daniel, I didn't mean to to interrupt you there, but I was just looking at my notes and I forgot about it. And it's two things that I wrote down that, you know, we can we can dedicate the rest of this podcast to hating on Franklin. But Franklin talking shit out loud to the hitchhiker. (laughs) Zero yeah. fucks given for Franklin. He's like, we don't picked up Dracula. Oh he's yeah, just right just on the bat.
2: Talking shit.
0: He's
1: like, it's a whole family of Draculas.
0: And yeah. then and then they leave Franklin alone in the car with uh, in the van with Kirk. <laughs> and Franklin takes out his pocket knife and he's just destroying the van. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? Frank's like, I don't know. Just tear this shit up. I just started doing it. <laughs> I just. It's like I related to Franklin so much. I really did kind of because I. Franklin's like that destructive child,
1: man, that you just can't fucking get under control. Like, why? It's like Bart Simpson before Bart Simpson. Like, remember that episode where he's just randomly tearing shit up. (laughs) And they're like, what the fuck? And he takes grandpa's teeth and shatters
0: them. Oh, my God. But, you know, Franklin is the only one who had sense when it comes to the hitchhiker. Franklin didn't want to pick him up. Yeah, you know, which is funny.
1: And and speaking of like, you know, hitchhikers and stuff too. Man, you know, obviously the movie's filmed in 1974 and it reflects 1974. You can see like nobody wants to wear a fucking bra, and I'm okay with that. But uh,
3: you did say it's pretty uh,
1: hot. It's just it's, you know, it's one of the and I know they made a remake and I know we and. Enjoyed the remake, but the remake's also well, me and Daniel enjoyed the remake. But the remake is also stylized. It's okay. I just don't it's, love it
0: as much as everybody else.
1: Well, I don't know that I love it, but I mean it's I would say it's okay too. But the remake is stylized, right?
3: I, I say I think it's okay too.
1: It's trying to be <laughs> it's trying to be hip. I love it, it. And it's trying to be cool. And it's trying to do all the things that movies made nowadays are guilty of. And, you know, that's the you know, I guess you can't make a movie now. Unless you're just... Maybe a horror movie because I don't know if somebody's going to take it seriously. enough. I don't know. I guess maybe a talented filmmaker can. But the slasher movies don't generally get that kind of filmmaker, right? Yeah. So you, this movie is a product of its time. The Hitchhiker. You're not going to p- fucking pick up a Hitchhiker now. No, we look at so those we people do. as
0: we're...
1: Yeah. Yeah. In 2021, though, we look at those motherfuckers as we're driving by and we're locking our windows and rolling up our doors and switching lanes. Because and the you do, thing about and it it's, is
3: this the people who are hitchhiking, not to cut you off, but I was just saying, and you got to worry about the people who are picking you up. Yeah. If you're walking somewhere, these motherfuckers are like, don't stop, don't stop. And it's like, oh man, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. just going right there.
1: Exactly. They may not want you to fucking pick them up. Yeah. You, you make a point. And like the movies are probably about this time, you know, obviously like i said to no bras, but the hitchhikers, things like that, um, it's, and it works. I think it's still relevant. You know, it's still a, It's still an excellent movie to watch. I just don't know that you could, and I know I've said this a lot on this podcast, and I'll stand by it. I don't know that you can make this type of movie now because I don't know if somebody has those sensibilities to make that movie. Like I said, the remake is fun. It's enjoyable. But the remake's not the original. And it never will be. And and it's always going to, like I said, be a stylized version of a movie that's supposed to take place in the 70s. Like you even see there, it's like oh we're on our way to a Leonard Skinner concert. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and whatever, but it's. I think they even have like an Alfred E. Newman poster on the wall of the van. It's like it's and, and don't they make it a somebody point? our age thought the seventies were? Yeah, and
1: don't they make it a point to like uh, smoke a joint? Oh yeah. In the movie, it's like, oh, hey, this is the seventies. Let's roll a joint. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you said, it's like somebody's idea of what the seventies should have been. And I think that's the problem when you, like, if you tried to make this movie now, it wouldn't be true to the times. It would be somebody's interpretation of the times. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, let's stick all Woodstock, man, you know, and
0: whatever else. You know, we talk. About the, um, just the restraint that Hooper shown with the jump scares and how, you know, this is sort of a run and gun shoot, but man, uh, the camera, some of the camera shots in this, obviously you got the iconic shot, which was Daniel Pearl's idea, um, where they go underneath the the swing set and she's yeah. getting up. And, you know, the house looms large. But, man, anytime Hooper is able to keep the camera moving, he does. Like that gas station scene, like the camera sort of following them, you know, and it's just it was such a nice touch. What's up? Let's pull it back for just a second because
1: you hit on something. You were talking about the camera work and you were talking about the shots. But even before Pam walks to the house and you get that shot from up under with the shorts and everything. Like Mm -hmm. you have a whole sequence of memorable shots, um, starting with Leatherface opening the door and hitting uh, Mm -hmm. Kirk in the head. Like that. After that first kill, you got like a sequence of like any shot, any like freeze frame could stand on its own, and you immediately know what it is, right? Leatherface opening the door. Leatherface slamming the door.
0: Um, And then you have her sound.
1: Yeah, her walking to the house. Right. That's a poster. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I got it written down because I took some more notes. Oh, um, Pam, when she goes in the house and she's trying to run out, and Leatherface grabs her and pulls her back in, and then when it's Pam just, gets
0: yeah, freeze it on the outdoor, yeah, right outside the door,
1: and yeah. then when she gets thrown up on the fucking meat hook, because who who didn't fucking cringe when they saw that the first time?
3: Seriously.
0: And speaking of which, speaking of the meat hook scene, of you know of all the movies we're gonna cover. Is this the best poster? I, uh, well,
1: hmm.
3: I like nightmare myself.
1: It depends, but it is. A it, good poster. it has the best tagline because it's the truest to the fucking movie who will survive and what will be left of them. And it goes back yeah, to what we seriously. talked about earlier. Like what's fucking left is Sally because her mind is gone.
0: You what? know, when I think of that scene, you know what movie I think of, What's that? um, I think of American psycho Patrick Bateman, I think twice in American psycho. He's watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's, and it's always that end shot of, um, just amazing shot of Leatherface sort of going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. With the sunrise behind him. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I tell you what that skeleton room scene, watching it this time grossed me out when she, when she stumbles into it, you know, and that scene lasted way longer than I remember. Like Hooper, just he's lingering on these, just these, this skeleton art. I don't know what you'd call it, but he's just, I mean, it feels like it goes on for like five minutes. You know, and she's just stuck there, frozen in fear, you know, just yeah. looking around, like, "What the fuck did I just stumble into?" Oh yeah,
3: it's funny because in my notes I put uh, she takes a full assessment of how fucked up this room is before she.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I want to before I,
3: she reacts.
1: I want to say one thing. Balls. I want to say one thing, and then I think we should do one of uh, Josh's segments where Daniel reads from his notes.
0: It's called Daniel
1: Cash's In His Two Cents. That's it, yeah. So let me just say one thing, guys. I want to finish up on the uh, the room that we were talking about. Once again, you see the difference between that movie being made now and looking – or back then and looking like a fucking snuff film and then compared to, like, the remake. You, you do – a if you have a room like that – and I can't remember. It's been a minute since I've seen a remake. I don't even remember. I think the kitchen might have just been normal. But even if you had that in a remake – you know, that would all be like stylized skulls and stuff like that, trying to look cool. Whereas when you see that room in 1974, that's probably what that shit would look like in real fucking life.
0: Dude, that's what it looked like.
1: Yeah. So cash in some uh, two cents, Daniel.
3: All right. Then just uh,
1: pick a spot and read us some notes.
3: Okay. Here we go. Back underway, the kids pick up a hitchhiker. The crazy man cuts himself, invites them to dinner, takes a picture, and tries to force payment, and cuts Franklin. They kick him out after way too fucking long. (laughs) Franklin's screams are (laughs) hilarious. He was fucking tripping. (laughs) Going off of that. He was freaking out. When they come back to him, he's fucking screaming, (sighs) flopping around. Man, I just couldn't help but laugh at the horror. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's night time now and Franklin is waiting to go back to the gas sta- is wanting to go back to the gas station Sally's wanting to find the others they fight over a flashlight for 30 minutes <laughs> <and>
2: they eventually <laughs> go
3: looking for the others <laughs> when they see that they don't even have the fucking van keys Sally's catching hell pushing Franklin around in those woods that shit was Terrible on her. Oh, but yeah. Luckily for her, Leatherface relieves, <laughs> <laughs> relieves her of that duty by chopping him up and killing no. him. <laughs> Alright,
1: uh, uh, hit us with one more.
3: Alright. <laughs> he pokes her with a stick the whole way there. <laughs> on the way he uh, picks up the hitchhiker, they all... Are a big happy family, apparently. They show up at the house and Leatherface gets his ass whooped for ruining the door. They get her <laughs> at the dinner table and feed her blood to Grandpa. They scream Grace. She screams some more. The family starts arguing over who was going to kill her. Grandpa is nominated because he's the best. He can't hold the hammer, but they manage to get her one good time. She breaks free and runs to the road.
1: That's it. So
3: that's it.
1: I'm, I'm glad you read that one. Cause that actually uh, brings me to something else I wanted to talk about. And I, I, I know the term scream queen gets thrown around a lot, you know, about certain actresses and stuff like that. Some of them but, have earned it, but Marilyn Burns, dude, oh, yeah. she's the grandmother. That, yeah. That's fucking it, dude. Like, especially, like when they were at that table and she was tied up and especially the camera work coupled with it, Yeah. but like you legit believe like she's losing her shit.
3: Yeah. Like And it's funny because, you know, out of all of the ways that a final girl gets away from the slasher, this has to be one of my favorite. Because she's just losing her shit so much. She doesn't even really do anything. She just fucking flings around her arms and just is losing her shit. Once her arms were free, she fucking started running. Mm-hmm. Like, she oh, didn't yeah. push anybody. She didn't sneak stab anybody or anything. She just fucking, like, breaks free, flails. Jumps out the window. Books. Ass.
1: Second, yes. Straight through that. second second time. Because the, the first yeah. time she didn't hesitate either. She just fucking, bam, out the window.
0: And it looked like she hurt herself that second time because she was on the second floor, wouldn't she? Yeah. The, uh,
1: no. She was on the first floor the second time. The first time she was on the second floor. The first
0: time, that's what it meant
1: yeah cause she was upstairs cause remember and she was she gonna go back downstairs. downstairs Leatherface yeah. started coming upstairs
2: and she's Rolled just like
1: fuck yeah. no and out the window she went
0: let me tell you another thing I love about this movie and and modern movies it's like you were saying Bone are scared to death of it and it's like and it's the scene you were talking about Daniel to where Leatherface relieved her of her duty of being a caretaker yeah Leatherface fired her <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that wood scene is dark as fuck. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. works. I mean, you can watch Jason Friday. Th- sorry, Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood. And it looks like. Daytime at, at night in the woods. There. Yeah. I mean, it's so lit up, but that's not the only, you know. So many horror movies make that mistake. This movie, it is dark. And when Franklin's like, stop it, Sally, do you hear it? You're like, well, fuck, yeah, stop, Sally, because you can't see shit. Yeah. You couldn't see anything.
1: And it avoided those false scares. They acknowledged there was noise, but it wasn't like like we talked about, like, oh, let's stop. Oh, it's just a fucking rabbit. Mm Hardy fucking horror. Like, no. Hey, I hear something. Uh, We're going to keep on pushing through. You know, I'm going to bitch about pushing your bitch ass in this wheelchair. Um, I'm going to be a dick and give you directions on how to push me in this wheelchair. Then it's like, like you said, super dark, man, I hear something. And then bam, he's fucking there cutting that motherfucker up. And that's, and that's the
0: showing anything.
1: And for, for a movie called the Texas chainsaw massacre, that was the only chainsaw kill. It
0: was, yeah,
1: because yep. it was mainly fucking hammers.
3: Yeah,
0: know, he, he was killing them like
1: cattle out with hammers. Yeah,
3: yep. And he threw one bitch on a hook.
1: Well, did they? Um. Uh... Yeah, you know, she was never actually established as being dead, though, right?
3: Well, then he threw her in the freezer. She was definitely going yeah, to freeze to death, dead. but
1: she was moving.
3: Yeah, she was, but
1: maybe she somebody move. could say no, no. I'm, i I, agree. I just think just another thing I like about it is like. You didn't have to go back and, like,
3: yeah, the reassurance that this person's dead.
1: Yeah, let me go kill her again or whatever. You know, if yeah. that was a different movie, instead of throwing her back in the freezer, you know, there would have been like some gory scene. Yeah. Whatever. Leatherface is like, no, you're too fucking weak. I'll just lock this freezer back. Dude's Dude, just done.
0: Leatherface's look through this entire movie, I mean, it's, it's iconic. It's iconic. And then there are certain points in the movie, I think, where. Kirk's in there, or it might have been not Marilyn Burns, but the other girl, to where you hear and you know it's Leatherface, and he's like sounding like a little kid. Yeah. Like you're, you're, oh, yeah, yeah. He's when like, he's, explaining he's explaining to grandpa, subtle.
1: Yeah. And
3: he's getting his ass whooped. He's making noises like that when he's getting his mm-hmm. ass whooped, too, right?
0: No. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and I th- another thing that the movie does really well is it's scary in the daytime. You know, a lot of movies yeah. struggle with that. And then, like you said, when it becomes nighttime, they don't go dark, but it's like they need the cover of darkness to produce their jump scares or to produce their tension. Yeah, but it's not until the very end that it's dark here. Most yeah. of the movie takes place during the day. And it's just,
3: it's Hell, just actually, it's all, the, all the slaughter work is done by day. Hell, they're eating dinner at night.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right? And Well, A little Franklin little got killed at night. Yeah, I love the subtle touch yeah, of no. the dad. He didn't want to take part in any of the killing. Yeah, and the hitchhiker gives him shit for it. He's like, you know, men what did he call him? He called did him Leatherface call Junior. No, uh-huh. he no, he called him Leatherface. He called him uh-huh. Leatherface. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. But he calls him. He's like, we do all the work, and the dad's like, I, you know, he's actually telling Marilyn Burns his character. He's like, I'm sorry, I I, I, I can't be around for this, and that's just. I don't know. Like, take the remake, okay? Arlie Emery is dialed up to 11, you know? Um, Toward this performance is... I don't know, man. You know he's sadistic when he's sitting there poking Marilyn Burns' character with the... Oh,
1: yeah. He beats her like a fucking raccoon with that broom inside that uh, gas station, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He
3: beat her ass with that broom.
1: Yeah, it's just... And you you see something like that, and in your mind you're like, "Oh, he's hitting her with a broom. This is going to be cheesy," but then it's not. Like it's an effective scene, and you're like, "Yeah, damn, he's beating the shit out of her." And then, like Break like you said in your notes, thing. poking her all the way fucking there, man. Yeah, like not only did he fucking tie her up and put her in a potato sack, but he's poking this bitch with his fucking broom the entire time, yeah. just to be a, just to be an asshole. She's not going anywhere. But he's just like, eh, eh, yeah. I don't, I don't like killing, but I'm gonna fucking jab the hell out of you with a stick.
3: Seriously, it's so funny when she walks in. He's like looking, and he looks down. He's like, "Yeah, you're getting in this potato sack." Pretty much, she's like, "What the fuck?" He was like, "Yeah, just, just come on now. Like, just give up and get in it." Yeah, (laughs) who the fuck's gonna just? Oh, well, okay. You got a broom,
0: and then she sees the meat cooking, and she immediately puts two and two together. Yeah. Ah. Yeah,
3: that all meat meat eaters are psychos who will kill you with a chainsaw (laughs) oh man but yeah dude it's funny because like I said before this is one that I never got into the sequels I watched them throughout a long time ago but they just didn't resonate with me you know I can respect them I can give them the respect you know but Texas Chainsaw is not just just not one that I've gravitated towards. So it's been a while, and I don't always come back to it. Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, I'm watching whatever, and I'll even randomly go to Nightmare. I Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I really don't. So well, this is a it hard just movie kind to of watch. Really reminded me of how great the movie is. You
1: know, I this isn't an easy watch. I do want to backtrack no. on something, though, because remember we were talking earlier how there's no hope in the movie, and Daniel was like, there's a glimmer when the guy's trying to tell him to stay at the station.
3: Yeah.
1: I don't even think that's hope, because later when you see, when they go to the house, when Franklin, not Franklin, but Kirk kirk first comes to it, and he moves those bushes, what do you yeah. see? It's a bunch of fucking cars. Yeah, a bunch they of to,
3: nice cars.
1: They have to be from victims, that I'm assuming, stopped at that store, because they're yeah. out in the middle of nowhere, right? There's nobody around. That's right, that's right. They were by the store whenever he
3: uncovered those cars. That's my bad. I missed that.
1: and I miss I'm assuming
3: it was all right in the area, so I didn't know if he just saw a little spot that had a fence of cars. Yeah, I, I it, didn't pay attention to that one. It's
1: never explicitly said, but you have to believe. Obviously, oh, I mean, definitely. The, the, the natural conclusion is, is: the barbecue they're selling at the store is human. Oh, yeah, and it's because
3: yeah. if you look at it, those cars, were clean. Yeah. Like they wasn't all rusted up and shit. Like you would see cars that were just sitting in a field with a tarp over them, you know, for God knows how long. Somebody's collection they're never going to do anything with. Those were all painted nice and clean.
1: And nobody, nobody would ever have a reason to come to that house because it runs off a generator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not like there's an They want to come
3: steal their fuel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Other, but other than that, though. Like I said, I mean it's it runs off a generator, so there's there's no reason for mail to come out there or mailman, so there's no reason for anybody to suspect anything. Yes. Yeah, people just come up yeah. missing. Well, they went they went missing on the highway somewhere. We
0: don't. You know. got to think that the you got to think that the dad probably tells every passerby that the the pumps aren't working. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. They you can sit because really that was it. Because he didn't. It wasn't that he told him to leave. He wanted him to sit and wait. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that's true.
1: You can sit and wait. And then I'm assuming that somehow he would have sent word home or something, because you know uh, the the, the hitchhiker, the, the hitchhiker was supposed to be at home watching Leatherface. He's not supposed to leave him alone. That was like said, like why did you leave him alone? Yeah, because it's obvious that he can't be left by himself. Otherwise, he just cuts up the fucking door, <laughs> and you're not just. <laughs> go to Home Depot and replace his door because you're trying to live off the grid and not draw attention to yourself, right?
0: Oh, I'm assuming that door doesn't get replaced for years.
1: Right, and those two windows that Sally
0: broke. door salesman comes by to get gas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just happen to have a nice selection of doors in my
0: truck. Oh, that's perfect. We don't have gas, but we're going to have it later. Just yeah. sit right there. Yeah, what else is there to cover? I mean we well you it's you know again this
1: movie's short it's short and there's not you know a lot of times when we do this we make we make jokes about some stuff but it's not a lot that's you're try to, to fun make of. jokes yeah try to make jokes but there's not a lot that there's here to make fun of you know like obviously you have
0: franklin but even then again i i can sympathize but i don't know there's something very sympathetic with
1: franklin yeah well i mean his like, life I, sucks you would be bitter yeah. too
0: yeah, I, mean, I would um, I mean,
1: apparently
3: there like you said, um Yeah, you don't he his character is annoying, but you know, it's that childish something not fully developed, maybe situation going on. So I kind of feel bad for everybody.
1: So what's your favorite kill out of the movie?
3: I think that my favorite kill is Franklin. And I hate Her. to be the only the only chainsaw kill in here but I was happy to see that happen
0: there's something As about Kirk's death
3: you can't really say that you're happy
0: Kirk, Kirk is my choice also I'm with you and we probably there's something about out. him shaking and the sound because it's a soft thud man yeah like now it would be Doom. like yeah it's just like and then he has to hit him twice
1: and he has the twitch when he's on the ground but like it all looks good oh my and God it look, I yeah,
2: like it looked the really vi-
1: I'll say this. I like the visual of the door shutting. The only thing that bothers me about it is I feel like that door weighs like two pounds when you yeah. hear it shut.
3: It looks like it's like made of aluminum foil.
0: Yeah. I I wish the door was heavier.
1: Yeah.
0: That's one thing they do in the, uh, in the remake. Yeah. It,
3: it, yeah. You can but see it the
0: ways. Obviously it really does you're, with you're making, yeah, but you're making a movie on a
1: budget. So I get it. You're mm-hmm. not going to spend a couple thousand on a fucking heavy door.
3: Yeah, for sure.
1: Especially when you're about to cut up some other doors. So yeah. did, y'all, we talk about- did y'all know that the house in the movie got relocated and then was made into a restaurant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, still in Texas, that. but it's it it still functioning got, today? Um, I guess. I'm not sure. I just saw that it got um, like uh, refurbished or whatever you
0: want to call it, and then it became a restaurant.
3: Where at in Texas? Uh
1: man. I'd have to pull Wikipedia.
0: I'm not sure. I can't remember. Everybody from this movie came from the University of Texas, just about. Oh yeah, that's where, and that's where Toby Hooper was at. That's, yeah, should did, we talk uh, about Toby Hooper now? Well, hold I was on one second. Say, it'd be a shame I, if we left this podcast. Before. We're
1: not, yeah, we're not done. I just got a question though. Have y'all ever ate at a restaurant that was an old house? I ate at two. and both of them were in like the Brandon Pearl area. One was in like two thousand six, or Brandon or Pearl, Mississippi. Don't know that me and Daniel were in Mississippi, but one of them was in like 2006. It was like a two story house, kind of. You know, I, I think it was a white house, kind of like the Chainsaw House. We I was on I was training at the time at the job I was at, and we went to uh, lunch there. It was pretty good. And then there's a barbecue place going down Highway 25 when you leave Brandon. That's on the outskirts. Smokehouse Barbecue. Yeah. Like I've met the owners there, and they had turned their grandfather's house. At, and it's just a regular run-of-the-mill like house you see, right? Not yeah. not like uh, your sister's house, Josh. But you know, like the uh, house kind of like Hank Hill has, mm-hmm. that kind of house. You know, single story, um, just a rectangle. You know, no garage, so it's not the L-shaped house, but
0: like a basic bitch house. Yeah, but good food, really good fucking food. I, I I'm sure you ate. I'm sure you ate humans. Daniel,
1: I did. I said, "Let me get that human sampler."
0: <laughs> Daniel, didn't your <laughs> didn't your old next uh, the house you grew up in? Didn't the house next to you turn into like a Chitlin' house or something?
1: Oh, man, I can answer that for right, him. Dude. It did because I used to smell that shit at work. Yeah.
3: I forgot about that.
0: No. That was holy little, shit. For, I really forget about that. Anybody who's listening, that's not from Mississippi, the last thing you want cooking next to you is chitlins.
3: Yes, you got that great. right.
1: Have you ever had chitlins?
0: Oh fuck no, fuck uh, no. Me neither.
1: And I people people will tell me like, oh, you like you gotta try. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. No, nah, you, do you, you really thing. You really need to try. I'm like. No, nah, I'm good, man. Like, no, no, no. You you won't know it. I'm like, you know, I say that to a lot of people when we're talking about like seafood and crawfish and stuff like that. But on this, I'm I'm going to be like the people I'm talking to. No, nah, I'm good, bro. I don't need it. Hard I know bad. what it is and I don't want to eat it. Oh, it's not that bad. It gets cleaned.
0: I'm good. Yeah. Just if anybody's listening, uh, just look up Chitlin and just only in the South, only in the but American
1: South. It's spelled, I think, like. Chitterlings. It's like C-H-I-T-T-E-R-L-I-N-G-S, right? Is
0: Something there an like R that. in there?
1: I think so. Yeah, it's weird.
0: Maybe just in the South we call it Chitlins. Yeah, we probably left the R sound
3: out. Yeah. Yeah. that's too yeah, many but- syllables.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time for that.
1: Yeah. Right? No time for syllables.
3: I'm too, f- too busy hosing
1: guts.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 All
0: right. But yeah, let's uh let's uh, yeah, talk about Toby Hooper. Yeah, this is, you know, he had a um he didn't quite live up to the expectations you thought he would have after this movie. Um, you know, in infamously uh, a lot of people say Spielberg directed Poltergeist instead of Toby Hooper, po- Spielberg has came on record and said, no, that's a Toby Hooper movie. And I've seen other people come on record and say that, too. And I have to ask y'all this, because what is this podcast, if it's not the tough-hitting questions? Which movie do y'all prefer, Poltergeist or Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Texas Chainsaw Massacre?
3: I'd say Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is I, and I love Poltergeist. I love well, it
1: a lot. I was about to say this, I'm sure both of y'all love it, but I'm just not that enamored with Poltergeist.
0: I am. I think that's one of
1: top not, 20 movies for me. I'm not saying it's bad. I just, I'm not in love with it like everybody else. And Toby Hooper, he also did the, the Fun House. Well, I wasn't going to say the Fun House, but he did do the Fun House. But he also did Salem's Lot, which and I've I had, never seen. And it was a TV miniseries. So the, and the way miniseries work is that first fucking episode. Builds up to the second episode, so the first episode ends on like a cliffhanger, right? But when you watch it all, and you can buy it now, to where you can watch it all like as a three-hour movie. But I do like Salem's a Lot. Um, I enjoy the movie.
0: Is that is that the is that your favorite Stephen King, na horror, miniseries or movie?
1: Mm. mm. I don't. I would know. say
0: you cannot count The Shining. Not Kubrick's, because he went in the To, to me, that's a Kubrick movie. I mean,
1: but you got maximum overdrive out there, you know? And <laughs> Cat's uh, Eye. Well, in Silver Bullet, but no. Right I mean, I'll, shift. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'd have to go back and in like. In the Lawmore, man. I would have to Get go back thinner. and compare him. Um, it'd probably be up there. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at it, though. It's probably my favorite Stephen King book. I can say that definitively.
0: I think you're the only one of us three who have read multiple Stephen King.
1: Probably so. But yeah. I read the yeah. Salem's Lot was a good book. Obviously, you know everybody talks about Pet Cemetery. Oh, here we go. I do prefer Salem's Lot over the Pet Cemetery movie.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people view Pet Cemetery. I think they see it with a um um, They're watching nostalgic hue.
1: Yeah, rose colored glasses. Mm-hmm, yeah. But on that front, and maybe I'm giving away the ending of a future episode. I don't know. I do prefer the original Pet Cemetery over the new one. We went I and didn't it.
0: even finish
1: the new one. Me and my wife went and saw it in the theater because literally we were bored. And that was like the only movie out at the time. I've made that mistake twice in the last couple of years of going to watch a movie just because. And it was with Pet Cemetery and it was with. Predator or the Predator and
0: both of them were disappointing. I could see being caught up with Shane Black script for the Predator though that I can yeah. forgive you. Um Pet Cemetery, man. It, it, I don't trust. I don't like I trust Shane Black. I don't trust these people like rehashing these fucking horror movies. I don't know.
1: And you would think the the way to go on something like that would be to stay true to the source material. And they didn't. They flopped it. They swapped it.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't really like that whole lot. that whole deal where it's like they feel forced to change. That's why remakes. Dude, why are people making so many? of well, What's Cause what's that dirty up a little bit? Huh? I was a gonna bit. say, what's that
1: dirty word we talked about before? Subverting fan expectations. Yep, that
3: one.
0: They love to do that now. They love to do that, Daniel. Yeah, do you have a favorite Stephen King
1: adaptation?
3: Say so what now?
0: Do you have a favorite Stephen King horror movie or miniseries? Uh, not compared off the, the top
3: Because I haven't no comparison. No, no, I no. Read man, any of just, the Stephen King shit. Just What's your favorite story? Stephen King movie? Uh, f- favorite K- Stephen King movie? I don't know. There's a big list to choose from, and a lot of shit I often forget is him, but uh, oh, if I were looking at it, and it was a hack and only watch one, I think I probably would choose The Shining.
0: The Kubrick I, one. I forgot one.
3: Oh, wait. That doesn't count because of Kubrick. I forgot. No, you should try I, to watch the
0: 1997 Stephen King one.
3: I, I forgot. You know, one for, oh, with a uh, fucking dude from Wings? Stephen Weber? Weber?
0: Yeah.
1: I forgot yeah. Misery.
3: Damn, no, I go with
0: good misery. One. Misery is probably that. Yeah, that is a good one. No. But um,
3: See, like I said, a lot of times I forget about this shit. But that's a that's a very chilling movie. Something I haven't seen in a long time. I'd like to check that out at some point.
1: But let's uh let's bring it back to Toby Hooper though. So you know, I we got sidetracked when I started talking about Sam's Lot, but he did. We talked about Funhouse. He, uh, I like I, Funhouse. Obviously, Poltergeist. Um, but then he also did, and this is when I want to talk about at some point. He did Life Force. I've never seen that. Which is essentially, I like, space it. vampires. Sign me up. Sign well, me and, up. And then, like, there's one character, like, the entirety of the movie that she's in, she's just fucking naked. Y'all, <laughs> y'all never... Y'all never seen, like, any stills from it or anything?
0: No. Nope. And then, didn't he do the toolbox murders? Yeah. I he, think I've seen that. He did a segment on body bags. Um... Did he do anything on Venom? the Masters of Horrors? Yeah, he did. He did Venom, which I want to see. Wait a minute, um, are you? Is that that horror movie
1: that's like in Louisiana?
0: Yeah, I didn't know that was him. I I might actually watch it then. Louisiana or Mississippi is it Louisiana. It's one of these Bayou. I thought it was in the bayou. When I think about bayou,
1: I think about Louisiana.
0: He um he did a movie, and I'm a sucker for these. I just watched one like last week. He did a movie in 2000 called Crocodile. It's got a 3.8 on IMDb. I love like crocodile, alligator, snake movies. Have y'all seen Crawl? Yes. Uh. Uh-uh. You've asked this like eight times. And on
3: every
1: the time podcast? we tell Dan, yeah, we tell Daniel every time he needs to see it. Yeah. Well, what we can do is we just do an episode about Crawl, and he has to watch it. Yeah.
3: Then my my hand is forced.
1: That's right. <laughs> but Crawl was worth watching. Oh, yeah. I'm about to pull this up about Toby Hooper real quick just to kind of see if there's anything that we're missing. He did, he did The it. Mangler. Oh, yeah. The Mangler. He did Eaten Alive. I've never seen that. He did Invaders from Mars. Obviously, he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. He did a movie called Spontaneous Combustion. He did a movie called. This is a television film here. I'm dangerous tonight. I was about to say that sounds like a TV movie. Turns out it is. Uh, he did a movie called Night Terrors. Man, Apartment this, Complex. These movies do not have good ratings. Uh, the, uh, he did a movie called Mortuary.
3: You haven't heard of not any of these movies, barely.
1: He was a director on Freddy's Nightmares. He did an episode. He did an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Did an episode of Dark Skies. And he did do Masters of Horror. He did Dance of the Dead and The damn Thing. Mm. And apparently he did a music video. Billy Idol. Dancing with myself. So there you go. Yeah.
3: Good job, Tubby Hooper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm sure we'll think of other things to say after we get off the air about it. But, Josh, what a... Let's hit us with your final thoughts on it, and then let's get your rating.
0: Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, It's like we said earlier, or uh, maybe me. Uh,
1: Hey, I'm sorry. Let me stop you real quick. We forgot something at the beginning of this episode that we normally do because it's a question you always ask. So include this with it. When did you first see it with
0: your thoughts? Okay, yeah. Um, I don't think I saw this movie in its entirety until um, probably peak DVD collecting for me. And I'd gotten the DVD. I think it was kind of, if I remember correctly, maybe it was a nicer release. And I saw it maybe 2001, very late, very late. And, you know, my thoughts hadn't really changed that much since the first time I saw it I saw it and I'm like well this is a goddamn classic and it's a hard watch I think I think it is an important movie for this genre but I also think it's uh, an important American movie honestly um it's like we said it feels like a snuff film you know what at times it almost feels like a found footage movie. It has got this um, greediness that, you know, maybe that was a product of its time. The 70s um, really, really leaned into that. And Scorsese leaned into it. Uh, You know, all the big filmmakers that we know of today came out of this decade. And a lot of them started with these type of movies. And it's... And, you know, and maybe I, I use this word, um, too lightly sometimes. This is a goddamn masterpiece. Um, it's a required viewing for anybody who's studying film. It's a required viewing for fans of the genre. Uh, like I said, it's a great American movie. It's an important American movie. This is five stars easily. It's, it's, a, it's a masterpiece. Daniel?
3: For me? Uh, First time I watched it was probably whenever I started getting into horror shit, whenever I was in my teens. And it was just, you know, kind of going through, all right, trying to watch all of these different icons and finally making my way to him. But it's funny because, like I've said before, watching these movies to talk about them and paying deeper attention to everything... Uh, it really turned me around a little bit with this one because I knew it was good. I knew that it, you know, there was a reason that it's adored. You know what I mean? I knew that I was walking into something that was going to be great, but then watching it under new eyes, it's just, it's awesome. It was amazing because we, we, and we hit on all the highlights on that. You know, they, they build you up and you're already f- freaked out before they even show kids in a van or whatever the case, the opening shot for them is, you know, and it just doesn't stop. And at the slowest point, whenever they're eating dinner, it's still so fucking bizarre and freaky that even though everything is slowed down, it's not, it doesn't allow you to relax, you know, and uh and she gets out of there and it really is a good quick movie that just doesn't slow down with your nerves, you know so it is kind of over before you know it but uh, for me I gave it a 4 I gave it a 4 on my ratings but it did turn me around on it I think that it'll probably end up higher on my overall list than I originally thought and I need to revisit the one we did years ago. You know, well, never mind. Because we didn't do this one. Because we were gonna, remember we were going to do more? We were going to do a whole another list? Yeah. Yeah, we were going to do that list with, I forget the killers that were on it. But anyway, doing that list, it would have ended up higher than I thought. But I gave it a four. How about you, Bone? What are your thoughts?
1: So, I mean, you know, Josh kind of, Spilled the beans at the beginning of the episode. I love the movie. It's um it's one of those movies where it's it's a franchise that didn't need to be a franchise. It didn't need another. That's movie. True. You know, um your nightmare on the streets, your Friday the thirteenth, even Halloween to a lesser extent. I think Halloween out of the four outside of Texas Chainsaw are probably the one is the other one that probably didn't need sequel but the other the other two like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street they just lend themselves to sequels so yeah. easily with the characters just the way that Freddy is and the, once you get to Jason the way he is but yeah. none of those movies are ever just relentless there's never like when you watch those there's never that sense of like all hope is lost like you get here Even when you have, like with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street at the end where you you thought the mother was dead, but then the mother isn't dead and the mother gets pulled through the door and Freddy technically wins or whatever, you know, because they're in the car, the convertible that's got his colors. It's not scary. You know, it's not, it doesn't, you don't feel like, oh shit. This movie, like we've said during this whole episode is, It's like oh shit the entire movie starting with John Larroquette giving the voiceover uh, the news broadcast and then just everything that happens. We had talked about efficiency with movies before, and I had made the comment in another episode that I thought this movie was highly efficient. To where Josh called me out on it, and I didn't think I said that I didn't think this movie wasted any time, and I still stand by that. And you can see it with its runtime the movie's not any longer than it needs to be. Josh had mentioned it and it said the key word multiple times, restraint, other filmmakers. And maybe it was a budget thing. I don't know, but you know, I think other filmmakers would have tried to make the movie maybe a little longer, try to drag it out a little more, add things in there that didn't necessarily need to be there. And it's one of those rare movies where like every choice seemed like the right choice. And then, Every limitation that the movie had put on it worked in its favor. The budget limitation works in its favor. In the way the, for the way the movie's filmed, because it looks real. It's it feels like a place you could be. It feels like, and if you live in, ever lived in a rural area, it's something that you you've possibly seen a house like that before. If you've lived in the South and you see the sweat on the back of these people's shirts, you immediately know what they're going through. You're like, fuck, that looks hot. The The characters are, I guess, well enough acted. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're Oscar winning performances in some of the acting because it's, it's not. I mean, you know, some of them are just going through the motions, you know, it's like I think, like I said, I think Kirk was presented to be the most likable person in the movie. But he didn't really say a whole lot and maybe he was just likable because he wasn't speaking like Franklin was. Franklin probably did the best job overall as an actor in the movie. I think he nailed the role of annoying brother uh, really well.
3: He was very animated.
1: Yeah. But like I said, I think, um, and I forgot my history with the movie. I'm sorry. My history is like you guys, I didn't see it until my teens. It's one of those movies. Like it's, it, it didn't come on TV. No. Other movies. Yeah. No. So it wasn't like you were just going to be lay up late at night and be like, oh shit, on TNT, here's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like the movie got banned in countries. Yeah,
0: yeah. England, famously. Yeah.
1: You know, um, You could watch Friday the 13th. You could watch Nightmare on Elm Street. You could watch the Halloween movies on... I mean, there was a Halloween TV cut that had shit yeah. added to it. Yeah. Uh, you didn't get that with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was a hard movie to... Until... DVDs and VHS until you got old enough to rent it yourself. You
3: know, yeah,
1: it was hard to come by, so I didn't see it until later. But like Josh said, I think you know, masterpiece is the right word. I think, like I said, I don't think there's a every movie has negatives that you could point out, but the the negatives in this movie are far outweighed far outweighed by the positives. Uh, I think it's take the term slasher aside and and let's ignore the fact that it's part of the franchise that has movies of varying quality and as a standalone film. And we're just putting it up against horror. It's one of the greatest horror films of all time. But then like Josh was saying, if not, you know, maybe it's the greatest. It depends on your view, but then just in the terms of cinema, it's just a great fucking movie. Yeah. That's, you know, like, like y'all said, you should see it. It's important. It should be watched. If, if for no other reason, than you're, maybe you're an aspiring filmmaker and you want to see what you can do on a shoestring budget. Then here you go. This is what can yep. be accomplished. You can make an all time fucking classic just because you don't have money. doesn't mean your movie has to be shit. Right. Um, if you want to see how to make a, a fucking horror movie that is actually scary, then here you go. Just yeah. so many things. I give it five stars.
0: And one more thing, I just want to chime in before we before we sign off. Um, this movie reminded me a lot of another movie that is nothing like this movie. But it reminds me of Hereditary, which is one of my favorite movies. Favorite, not, not even horror movies. One of my favorite movies of the past 20 years. And not in the sense... To where hereditary is a hard watch. It's not rewatchable. You watch it once, you're like, I, I've gone through this gauntlet of emotions. I, I'm drained. To where Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't a rewatchable movie. This isn't something you pop in on Halloween. You know, it's it's probably not going to be in your rotation. It is a yeah. fucking hard watch. It is gritty. It's grimy. It's, you know, the it's fucking dirty it's at the baseline of what horror should be horrific it's what it is yeah you know and now horror movies also counterpoint are supposed to be fun this movie's not fun hereditary is not fun and that's something to be said about that because so many times um, we're, we're gonna see as we go down this journey um movies stop being scary and they start being silly yeah Yep, and this movie does it. When Toby Hooper comes back to it, nineteen eighty six, it's not a horror movie; it's a horror comedy. You know, oh, yeah. and, but but I I enjoy that because that's the creator. Doing I think
1: it. I think there's a place for the fun horror movies, like you said, and I think there's a place for the serious horror movies,
0: like the Exorcist, and,
1: and I think there's a you know, there's a lot I, I like. Fun horror movies. Don't get me wrong, because I love them. I love Evil Dead 2. That's you know, that's one of my top fucking movies. Um, I think more people probably falter when they try to make the serious horror movie because they they overdo it and they, it just gets to the point of being pretentious. Yeah, you know? now there's gonna be movies that you know fucking nail it, but then there's movies that try to do. And we have differing opinions on Hereditary, but I respect your opinion about liking it. So, I mean, I'll include it like you're going to have the movies like Hereditary. You're going to have the movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then The Exorcist that are just hitting everything like on the head. There's not wasted motion in the movie. Even like The Exorcist. How long is The Exorcist? How long? Yeah. Do you remember off the top of your head? It's got
0: to be like two hours because they set up Reagan for a while.
1: But, it's, but it all fits into the movie, right? There's not mm-hmm. frivolous fluff and there's not like this extra layer of pretension to it. In this case, it takes a chainsaw mask and moves at a brisker pace because whatever, like maybe it was budget constrictions, maybe they wanted to make a longer movie, but you want to believe that Toby Hooper knew what he was doing and knew that like this 82-minute runtime or whatever it is was the right call it didn't need to be a second longer. Like even at the end of the movie, when, when she escapes, like in, you know, you have another iconic, but you have two more iconic shots right there. Right. Mm-hmm. Far, we talk about the, uh, the filmmaking and in the, uh, cinematography, you have her in the back of the truck, fucking losing her shit. And then you have
3: yeah.
1: Leatherface fucking waving a chainsaw around, which but then the movie just cuts
0: and it's out. And it's, it's fuck you. We quit. Yeah. You know, you can't fire me. I fucking quit movie ending. And, you know, there's so many. It's like you said, Bone. There's probably things that we're going to like, as soon as we hit stop on this record, we're going to be like, fuck, we didn't bring this up. I do want to bring up the truck driver who boot scoots the fuck out of there.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: he knocks, he, he hits Leatherface with that wrench and he's like, fuck it. I will see y'all in fucking Montana. Yeah. <laughs> he runs all
1: Oh, that's you know. Now that you say that, that's an, another thing I did want to say. Um, was you know one thing that this movie does that or doesn't do that other movies do. You know, you get the final girl, and they somehow magically become a badass, and they they overcome these people that are physically imposing or yeah. superior, just you know, like maybe. I don't, I don't want to say superior. That's not the way I mean to make it sound, but they're more physically imposing or like in Freddy's case, you know.
3: He's a fucking he, dream demon. And
1: he's he's a smart guy, right? We yeah. You have to assume. But they just, they, they overcome these people with, there's no catalyst for it. It just happens. You know, Jenny, wasn't that in part two? Jenny, the blonde-headed? Like she, well, no, she's not a good example because she does outsmart Jason. Um, what's the girl in
0: part three? Uh, bu- 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 oh, um,
1: I'm not sure, and I just watched it, but anyways, and i uh, Josh will give us the name in a second, but yeah, the girl in part three on Friday the 13th, you know, she just she's all of a sudden better than Jason Chris, Chris, Chris. she she outdoes Chris. them, um, you know, or you have to have plot armor to protect these people, like in Dream Master, like, oh, Alice gets all of the powers. So that's how she's able to overcome Freddy. There's none of that in this movie. Nobody overcomes shit. Like nope. it's happenstance. She gets lucky yeah. and
3: slips away.
1: Fucking, like I said, happenstance that she survives. Yeah. If it wouldn't have been for that I mean, truck hitting the hitchhiker, which is presented as chance, she's yeah. got.
0: Yep. And I don't even know how lucky she is. I mean, we've, we've talked about it. Like she's fucked up for life. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's, you know. She's she's in a ward somewhere in a corner in a chair. It, it's a bleak
1: movie that doesn't cop out. And yeah. it, it it probably you know you want a happy ending at the end of movies. Well, this is the best you're gonna fucking get. Is this girl's going crazy in the back of this truck, but at least she gets to be alive.
0: Hell, even yeah. the guy driving her is probably fucked up. Yeah, right. Like my god. <laughs> yeah. But how?
1: And uh, before we cut out though, because the closest thing you have to like a. Uh, Big special effect is the hitchhiker getting ran over by that truck. God damn, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he goes under all the tires.
0: All of them. They smushed
3: and him under them tires. Fuck.
0: And the guy, the guy, the hitchhiker on the interview I watched on the special features, he was, you know, he told the movie Magic how they filmed that, you know, you know, they, they bring, you know, his chest is to the truck, and then they just the truck reverses, and you just play uh, the tape. And you just reverse it back to where it looks like it gets hit. But, man, that dummy. I I mean, that had to have been half the budget right there. Right. It should look really good.
1: I did some reading on some other things, and like there was this scene where Leatherface was chopping up Kirk. Like, that was really Kirk, and apparently that chainsaw was like three inches from his face at one point, to where Hansen oh, told him, like, if you don't want to die, be still. Like, this is some guerrilla filmmaking. See the blade.
3: Like, you can't even really see the blade when it's going so fast. Why the hell, or the chain, you know? Why the yeah. hell would you even have that on? I don't
1: know. They I'm don't telling
0: have, you. Guerrilla filmmaking. on set who knows how to put the chain on and off. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. We ran out of machine oil. <laughs> machine oil wasn't in the budget. But yeah, um,
1: I guess that's it, man. Like, you know daniel gave it a four hurts my heart uh but fives for me and josh so currently this you know obviously this is after one episode but it's got to be at the top of all our list currently right one one. fucking movie in
0: number one with a bullet yep number one
3: yep Yep. i'm holding that number one spot above this for uh Jason goes to hell, though, for sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. So what's next on the list, Josh? It's going to be a, a
0: another fucking classic. Another, dare I say, masterpiece. We're going two for two here. It's going to be 1978's John Carpenter's Halloween. So we're revisiting Halloween. I'm revisiting revisiting it, because we are completists. So this, but...
1: Obviously, this episode will be a little different different than how we did Halloween. You know, we won't be doing a scene by scene breakdown. We're going to be talking about what works, what doesn't work, kind of like we did with this movie here. Uh, just yeah. uh some, uh, yep. I guess, previews or some thoughts before we get to the episode, just like as kind of
0: as a appetizer.
3: Revisit episode six.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is no- I mean, this is. You know, this is a classic. The flip side of takes a chainsaw, Master Halloween is rewatchable. Um, yeah, this is.
3: Yes, I'm very excited for this. You one. know,
0: yeah, um, and you know, we've you know, just around the corner, just around the corner, we got Halloween Kills coming out, and um, I'll I'll be there opening night. I mean, I'll go watch
1: it, but obviously, we don't have the same level of enthusiasm.
0: We don't, nor do we have the same level of release dates. So I'm assuming it's going to come out first in the States and then here in Sweden.
1: I have no
3: we'll idea. watch it and ruin look. it for you.
0: Yeah.
1: Send Josh to spoilers. Hey, Josh. Spoilers. Halloween killed people.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> They've already released like a track from the soundtrack and they, they have like, um, now it's like a void, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. Avoid the soundtrack because I'm assuming the titles are there, and they can fucking spoil it. They do not give a shit about spoiling anything now.
1: So, my thoughts, I guess, before we do the next episode, just on Halloween and about it's not necessarily thoughts about the movie, but John Carpenter, out of the four directors that we're gonna, well, the the four creators, because obviously we get into different directors, but John Carpenter's my favorite. Oh, there's more John Carpenter movies that I love than any other director on this list uh, to the point where if you haven't, if you haven't figured it out by now with the title and the sound clip at the very beginning, huge, big trouble, little China fan.
0: Wait, while we are named a Sean Cunningham fan? Yeah. I just, you know, what
1: was that? Deep Star Six. Would that get like a zero on Rotten Tomatoes?
0: Fucking Manny's orphans. I mean, I don't know. But yeah. Two assholes fighting over Friday 13th is not allowing us to get a new movie.
1: John Carpenter, though, gives us... Not only does he give you, like, quality movies, but he gives you fucking quality soundtracks to go with those movies.
0: Probably sometimes better than the movies. Yeah. Ghosts of Mars. I'm looking at you. (laughs) Yeah, so I am...
1: Excited to talk about John Carpenter again, and I feel like we've probably, or at least for me, as far as the movies I recommend that we talk about, because you know, the way it works is we all like come up with a movie we want to talk about, right? Daniel was like, "Let's do Point Break." Um, Josh had the idea for this, you know, five-year project that was his baby. I had suggested Shocker, mainly just to fuck with Josh, but you know, we we throw movies out there. I think Daniel had Demon Night, and. I think I just probably hold off. <laughs> I,
3: I hold, <laughs> yeah, <too. laughs>
1: I hold off on John Carpenter movies because I don't know. I like I want to talk about Big Trouble in Little China at some point, but that's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I just I wanted to make sure that like we had this podcasting thing down before we tackled that subject because I didn't want to have a shit episode.
0: Well, the jury's still out on that, so we <laughs> yeah. still might be a ways. A ways I know, right? That. But I think the next movie I'm gonna pick because again we're not doing all of these movies at once in this in this this big project we're doing i think the next movie for me that i'm gonna pick is a 1970s flick called uh, whiskey mountain so that'll be the next one that i choose i'm choosing that because tarantino loves it and i think it'd be interesting to talk about under the radar 70s movies that are sort of exploitation movies. This is a, it's sort of along the lines of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A group of dirt bikers in Tennessee, maybe Whiskey Mountain. They come across uh, these pot farmers who want them off their land, and things happen. I've never seen it. I'm excited. We'll see. Yeah, I haven't we'll see what seen it either. About.
3: Me neither.
1: Daniel, what are you kind of looking for when it comes back around to you?
3: I mean, I don't know. I got plenty of
1: time. I just picked Point Break.
3: <laughs> I'll most likely go back to horror though. Now with us doing this um, adventure, I'll probably pick more action. But I think that my next pick will probably be leaning a little bit more towards towards horror. Maybe, uh, maybe even do a classic monster.
1: You know, and I'd I'd said before, you know, I want to. Since we're doing these, yeah, I definitely want to talk about things that maybe weren't as popular or as mainstream. At some point, we got to circle back around to the void. Yeah, Josh, I mean, I, I think that'd be a good one for you. Have you watched it yet? No, I haven't. No. So it's, I think you would appreciate it. It's kind of like the thing. It's not as good as the thing. I mean, I'll go ahead and say that. Well, but it, it has practical effects, which I think you'll appreciate. Oh, yeah. All right. Other than that, that's it, guys. Good talk on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Next oh, yeah. episode in the series, Halloween. Don't know if that's the next episode per se, but that's the next one in this series. Everyone, thank you for listening.
0: Happy birthday, Daniel. Bye. Love you. Thank you.
1: Love this you. Ha- happy birthday, Daniel. This thank will come you. out long after your birthday.
3: Yes. <laughs>